This is the Creative Agency Podcast, where we explore the strategies, aspirations, methods, and mistakes behind growing and maintaining a successful creative agency. Hello out there, and welcome to the Creative Agency Podcast. This is the 16th episode, and we've got lots more in store, so stay tuned. Today, our interview is with Gray McKenzie of Guava Box and DoInbound.com. Guava Box is a HubSpot certified partner and a remote agency. DoInbound, which you can find at DoInbound.com, offers a project management tool for agencies. One of the things that we'll be covering is what being a HubSpot partner actually means. I personally have been familiar with the great content that HubSpot puts out for years, but it wasn't until this interview that I actually really understood what being a HubSpot partner actually means, and it's very interesting. We're also going to be talking to Gray about growing and maintaining a remote culture. How do you establish a culture when your employees are in different cities or even different countries? DoInbound.com also produces four marketing podcasts, including their flagship podcast, Inbound Agency Journey, which is a great podcast that you should check out. Now we've got lots of stuff to cover, so let's get to it. Well, hello, Gray. Welcome to the Creative Agency Podcast. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I've been uh, making my way through almost all the past episodes. I discovered the podcast here about a month ago, and I've really enjoyed a bunch of them, so I'm excited to be jumping on now and, and coming on on the podcast. That's great. I've been listening to your podcast, or podcasts, I should say, as well, and uh, I think I have a little more work than 13 episodes to get through them all. There's a, there's a lot between the, between the four podcasts, so I feel for you. Um, but Inbound Agency Journey, um, is that that's the one you're on? Yeah, so Inbound Agency Journey, that's kind of the flagship one that we have. That's it, the interview uh, style podcast. I do that one. I'm also on, uh, I co-host Inbound Sales Journey with another guy from our team here, Ryan Herman. He's our director of uh, head of agency success. And then also do one focused around tools for agencies, so called Agency Toolbox. Cool. Cool. So you basically, you kind of uh, run two companies. You have Guava Box, which is your agency. And then sort of what sprung out of that was Inbound. Um, do Inbound. Yep. Do Inbound. Sorry. Yeah. And that's where the podcasts are sort of part of that. Right. That company. Yeah, that's right. So all, all of our podcasts are run through Do Inbound. Cool. Well, let's start out by talking about your agency, and then we can talk about Do Inbound a little bit later in the show. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about HubSpot and building a strong culture as a remote agency. Um, but let's start with a little bit of background about Guava Box. Um, how long have you been in operation? Yeah, so Guava Box started, I guess our official date was sometime in March or April of 2011. So it was my senior year of college, Andrew, my business partner, uh, his senior year as well. We started from our dorm room as a, uh, a little website design shop, SEO shop, uh, social media platform setup shop, pretty much whatever people needed done. Uh, that's what we did when we started Guava Box, I guess, uh, six years ago now. Um, so how many employees or, or contractors do you have now as part of Guava Box? Yeah, so Guava Box, right now, there's about eight folks who are working. Uh, there's three of us here in the western Pennsylvania area. Um, even though we're spread out, um, who are kind of running the core set of things. And then everyone else is uh, mm-hmm. on a contract basis. Um, and Guava Box has scaled down a little bit now that we, now that Do Inbound is continuing to grow. And we've, we've kind of got both things going on at the same time. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
What I'm I'm curious. What where did the name Guava Box come from? <laughs> this question comes up all the time, and I still don't have a good answer for it. <laughs> we spent we spent probably like two months trying to figure out what to call this thing. We knew we wanted to start a business. Um, I guess the we had we did have some criteria. We wanted something that hopefully was memorable. That was relatively short. We were looking for something that was like seven to eight characters long, and would hopefully be. Uh, something that we, that wasn't taken anywhere online. So I, we didn't have a lot of competition for any of the Guava Box domain names or anything like that. Um, so we were able to, to get all the you know social media handles and everything like that. But we had this vision. We took a class uh, at Grove State College where we were, the four of us who started Guava Box were all um, going to school. The first ever content marketing class at the college. And so we, we had this vision of like trying to grow into a content marketing or inbound marketing agency, but we were doing none of that work at the time. And so we realized we didn't want a name that was going to be incredibly literal and would tie us down to something or we'd have to change down the road. So we didn't want to be the Grove City, Pennsylvania website design guys or something like that. You know? right. um, so, so Guava Box was kind of a nebulous term that hopefully was a little bit sticky um and so the name finally came together after after going through hundreds of potential names um <laughs> Brent, brandon one of the other guys who started guava box with us he came back to the dorm one day after class he said i really like the name guava and i think i threw box on the end of it and we wound up sticking with it <laughs> that's awesome so i just keep on imagining like a like a fruit drink you know like a little box drinks um like a high c or something like that oh yeah every we get teased all the time uh all of our buddies will ask us how's mango crate doing or come up with other names for it so but i think at the time you know we two months later we were already doing work we just needed to file the LLC and become an actual business, and we were just, I think, tired enough that we were finally like, okay, this, let's go with this. And I think we really lucked out um, in that it's, it's worked well. People have really liked it. It's been memorable. So it's, it served us well, but I would say it's not as much of a credit to us as, as just we lucked out there. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, what services do, does Guava Box offer? Yeah, so we are, uh, I know you mentioned it, we'll, we'll probably dive into HubSpot a little bit later and talk about being a HubSpot partner, but we call ourselves an inbound marketing agency. Um, we basically serve uh, primarily the software as a service and technology companies, um, niches at this point in time. And there are uh, kind of three three services that go with it. Uh, there's two things that I feel like we do really well that, that set us apart from most other agencies. One is we have a very systematized uh, front-end strategy process where we help clients build an inbound marketing game plan, basically their mm -hmm. strategy to um, either if they are doing inbound right now, how do we optimize what they're currently doing and take it to the next level? Or if they're getting into it for the first time, how do we establish their buyer personas, uh, their buyer personas, buyer persona journeys, and kind of map out how are we going to build this engine for you to then take and, and take things to the next level? So that kind of first strategic piece is something that we do really well, and we have a really strong system built for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody says that we do strategy at the beginning. We did. We said that for a long time before we had a strong system in place, um, and that that system is just um, has just been really good. Every client who we've ever worked with, uh, who's run through that process, um, has had great things to say to say about that. So uh, that's one. The other thing that we do is um, website design, specifically on HubSpot's uh, website platform called their mm -hmm. COS. They they keep changing the name for that as well. 
but so big HubSpot COS website projects are another thing that we do well, taking advantage of uh, our HubSpot expertise and strategy along with their website platform. And then the third service that we offer is kind of once we have that inbound marketing game plan built and we've got their marketing automation engine in place, their HubSpot set up and the website built, then uh, ongoing inbound marketing efforts, either us working with a client to coach them um, and work with their work with their team on figuring out how to implement stuff in HubSpot or us actually taking some of that work off of their shoulders and doing things like writing the content for them, designing all the pages, landing pages, thank you pages, emails, whatever it might be, doing a lot of the actual content creation and promotion. So those are those are kind of the three services that we offer. Cool. Um, what would you say there was one shift or change that moved Guava Box to the next level? I think that inbound marketing game plan was a huge thing for us. It, this is going to kind of lean into the HubSpot portion of the conversation, mm-hmm. but going through HubSpot's training, basically as a HubSpot partner agency, um, what they're trying to do and, w- and what you're trying to do is you're trying to help them sell their software as a way of selling your services. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of the very primitive, like basic level that a lot of people, as you're starting out with HubSpot, that's kind of the understanding of how it works together. And I think that especially when we joined on the HubSpot partner program very early on in 2012, um, that was, I think, largely what they pitched is where we're selling the software, you sell the services on top of the software to help these these end customers have success. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, I think that early on we were to sign up with HubSpot, it's a 12 month, it's an annual commitment with them. And so the way that we were taught by HubSpot to sell and the way that we originally started out is selling these customers on a 12 month retainer. That was the first thing that you would buy from us is come to us and pay us, you know, commit to at least $3,000 a month was our starting package. So you're paying at least uh, $300 or $3,000 a month to us and you're committing to 12 months of that without really knowing a whole lot of what you're going to get out of that. Obviously, listening to that, as you can imagine, we ran into problems. Right. Um, and I, and I, I think that they're all pretty easy to see. Um, you know, our, our close rate in terms of actually closing sales was not very good. We had a really long sales process to try and get people to the point where they trusted us enough to commit, uh, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to us without having seen anything first. Sometimes there were situations where we'd have to do work up front. And then on the flip side of that, once we did close customers, what were they actually getting? You know, a lot of that kind of, there are a lot more things that you learn once you actually start doing the work. And so um, we had situations where customers, um, you know, they were all excited at first. We'd get in, we'd start blogging right away or creating the content. The things that we told them we were going to do on HubSpot and the HubSpot was preaching to these customers and then get uh, you know one or two or three months in, and the customer loses all their initial excitement, and then we'd just kind of be spinning our wheels out there. So we ran into situations where we were also not retaining customers past that first 12 months. Right. So the point that we got to, this inbound marketing game plan, um, was really a, a very pivotal um, shift in our business when we started going to this model. And basically what we did was we broke out. We said... Uh, and this kind of came in two phases. First was we realized, hey, we needed the very first thing we need to do with people is put together a strategy rather than just jump in and start producing content right away with kind of no idea and just hoping that content is good. Ergo, <laughs> create content mm-hmm. right away. But then shift number two was, hey, we should probably sell this first. We'll both get a chance to work together. The stakes will be a lot lower. 
we can get through that. They'll know exactly what's coming. We'll know exactly what's coming. And if it's a good fit for them and it's a good fit for us, then we'll go into that longer-term retainer or partnership agreement. So we split it out, and basically that inbound marketing game plan, once we started selling that, and we can get into the details of what that kind of discovery project looks like, um, but that was really the, the shifting point for our agency. Cool. So that was something that um, – was that package influenced by something that HubSpot offered, or was it more just something you guys created to sort of make your sales process easier? Yeah, that was – at the time that we started doing that, I think HubSpot has kind of come around to this – idea and they now at least pitch it as an alternative uh they were still very adamantly preaching the 12-month retainer right up front you don't want to start working with someone if they're not going to give you 12 months um and there's there's some uh there's some arguments to be made for that there's some reasons why that's that's not completely invalid but it wasn't from hubspot it was from our realization that this just wasn't working for us and wanting to have some kind of discovery project there in the beginning so that we would have a better idea of what working with the client was going to be like and they would have more clarity um so it's really more of an internal thing than hubspot influence gotcha cool how, how much do you usually charge for that discovery process yeah so uh, i think the first one that we ever sold we sold for two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. um at this point it's anywhere between five thousand and fifteen the starting point like a real standard uh basic one is five thousand dollars and that's sold more than uh, more than anything else, the variables there are like how many personas are we crafting out? What else is going into that? Um, and so basically it's a $5,000 two to three week deep dive into their business, their goals, their buyer personas, who, you know, who that target audience is and the questions they're asking. And then the result of that deep dive gets put into a 30 to 40 or 50 page uh, game plan that basically is walking them through based on all this information. Here's the content and conversion plan that we should implement in the next two to three months um, to really have you have the engine that you need to take things to the next level and run that first inbound marketing campaign to start seeing success. Nice. Have you had do, do sometimes these companies just take your strategy elsewhere or is it kind of like, I mean, I imagine if it's sort of HubSpot based that it isn't going to be as useful to them if they take it to another agency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we're always up front with them and say, like, you're going to make this commitment first. Um, we're going to see at that point, you guys are completely welcome to take this plan and try to implement it in-house. You're welcome to take it and try and shop it around to other agencies. Or you're welcome if, you know, if we both agree that we want to move forward, we'll move forward with this together um, and we'll implement this for you or, or with you. Mm-hmm. Um We've never had somebody take that and go to another agency. Uh, at this point, very surprisingly, um, we haven't had a game plan con- not convert into additional work, um, which is, that was unexpected when we started doing this. We thought there would be situations. So, and what's surprising about that is we haven't had any of the, I guess you could, you could certainly look at that as downside. I think there obviously are downsides too if it, if it doesn't continue going on but we have reaped all the upside of shortening the sales process now we get paid for probably 60 percent of the sales process that we went through before doing this and and the close rates have gone up substantially i mean a lot of benefits without the downside that we foresaw and i'm sure at some point like you'd think it's inevitable that that one of these is not going to convert over but i think that so much good comes out of this initial strategy piece that we haven't run into that yet great that's awesome 
Um, well, yeah, let's just jump in talking more about HubSpot. So Guava Box is a HubSpot partner. I've known about HubSpot for years because I read their articles and download their guides. Um, but I'm still sort of learning, and I'm sure some of our audience members as well are still sort of learning exactly what HubSpot is and what are the advantages and disadvantages of sort of using HubSpot as a framework for, you know, selling services. Can you explain sort of the, the main advantages of using HubSpot? Yes, I hope so. There's an awful lot that goes into HubSpot. I think if you start talking about the tools specifically, the conversation could go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but HubSpot basically is a platform i mean at at the core of what hubspot itself is it's a platform that uh helps businesses a lot of small and medium businesses are are kind of their target customer right now um basically take their marketing and sales to the next level i mean it's really like the tool for growth at a business kind of that whole it's not just marketing stuff it's not just sales stuff um they have a crm that's free for businesses to use. They have a paid version of that. So the sales side of the sales side of the organization could be using it, but their marketing automation platform is also very powerful. And so marketing automation, and they have tools to manage your website and uh, and host your website through their platform, to handle all your email marketing and your workflows, um, to manage social media, to do landing pages, blogging, uh, calls to action, analytics. There's a lot of reporting capabilities inside their tool. So there's a lot of different things that the platform does, um, but basically it's just enabling you to do inbound marketing more effectively, the whole uh, kind of methodology of attracting people to your site through quality content, converting those people to leads, nurturing them through the sales process, closing them as customers, and then hopefully uh, delivering so well and communicating so well that that those people become your fans and you're bringing in more referrals and continuing to attract new people. So to use HubSpot, they sort of want you to sign on as an agency first and start using HubSpot. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So you can't uh, jump into their partner program um, unless you are also a HubSpot customer. And so you have to go through the HubSpot, kind of regular HubSpot onboarding, and then there's also partner training and certifications on top of that. So how much how much of an investment is that to sort of get started with HubSpot? It's a pretty substantial investment. Um, obviously, when we came on in 2012, it was a lot less than it is today. But it's still, I think that their professional package of their software starts it, and they've got multiple pr- um, pricing accesses. So uh, I think it's like $800 per month um, to start up, and you're committing, like I said, to a year plus some onboardings and stuff. So to get started with them, you know, if you're a new agency, you know, starting at least at that level, you're probably looking at a $10,000 financial investment. So there's definitely money that you're pouring into it, but I think the much larger investment, obviously, is is the time and the energy that goes into making your business model fit into or making HubSpot a substantial part of your offerings and, and having that align with who you are as a business. Cool. So is is part of the Hub, HubSpot program is having a website on their um, platforms? So is that sort of required or at least strongly suggested that you are using a website on their platform? That's a good question. I haven't had anybody ask that before, but um, no, they, it's not a requirement. I don't think that, I mean, I think that obviously they'd like you to, to use it. Uh, their website platform is a, it's an add-on. It's a little bit more of a monthly cost to have that tool as well, but you aren't required to use their their website platform. And there's actually quite a few HubSpot agency partners 
who are still running on WordPress or, or another platform. Okay, but do you sort of get access to more tools if you are using their platform, though? There's a couple upsides to using it. The biggest benefit of using their platform versus something like WordPress is all their tools, obviously, are built on top of your contacts database. So all the folks who you have uh, in that database, whether it's someone who you've been in touch with on the sales side and you added to the CRM or someone's downloaded something on your website at some point, um, obviously, you've got cookies in their browser. So uh, because it's built on top of that contacts database, you have the ability to personalize the website uh, as folks come back to the website. So if someone comes to uh, the Guava Box website and says, I'm a CEO of a uh, software company and I'm looking to grow my leads, that's kind of how they identify themselves on forms where they're uh, downloading a content offer that we have, an ebook or something mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we can then use that information that we have about them to start to personalize the website. So maybe if you know if, if you came and you downloaded something, the next time you come back to our website, we might say like, "Welcome back, Chris," uh, and wow. start to use the, the information that we've learned about you on the website. So, and we need to. That's one of the things we need to continue to implement at uh, I mean, both both Guava Box and Do Inbound. Um, is more and more of that personalization, but some of that is on our homepage and services pages already. So that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that is kind of the biggest uh, thing that distinguishes HubSpot's platform versus like a WordPress or something else where it would just take a lot of work and outside technology to make that work in one of those other settings. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, so uh, are there any sort of challenges in people who aren't familiar with HubSpot, like trying to sell them on on using HubSpot? Um, are people wary of it at all? Yes. I think the biggest, obviously the biggest obstacle people are going to run into, their initial obstacle is the price mm-hmm. because it's a lot more expensive to look at buying HubSpot than setting up a WordPress environment with WP Engine or a Drupal site somewhere. I think ultimately the bigger thing that that is probably underestimated during the sales process if you're trying to sell HubSpot to somebody um, and it, I'm hesitant to even say trying to sell. Our whole philosophy is like, don't try and sell it to people. Figure out, I just honestly figure out, is this a good fit for them or not? And if it is, obviously you're going to try and convince them that it is a good fit. But if it's not, just be upfront about that. There's a lot of things that, that disqualify somebody from being you know, ready for HubSpot. Um, but I think that the, the bigger potential downside is just what's their commitment level to wanting to... Uh, educate their audience and provide helpful content for people, actually answer questions that their potential customers are asking. And if they're not committed to doing that and being willing to invest some time into the whole philosophy of email marketing, I think purchasing HubSpot is just a waste of money at that point and, and a waste of time. Gotcha. To, how, how does the money work as far as you making a profit from the, the clients that you're selling HubSpot on? Yeah, that's a good question. So every... And different marketing automation platforms treat this a little bit differently. What HubSpot does is every customer, if we bring somebody to HubSpot and we're going to be working with them to, to offer the services, the inbound marketing services, and they don't have HubSpot yet and they're signing up for HubSpot, they're going to have their own uh, one-to-one relationship contractually with HubSpot. So we are not a middleman where like they pay us and then we pay HubSpot for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have their own relationship there, which is great because if that for some reason we don't want to work with them anymore, they don't want to work with us, then it's we, we aren't in the way at all. How it does work is if, if we did bring that person to HubSpot, close them on HubSpot, and we're servicing them, 
we make a 20% commission on their HubSpot subscription. So they pay HubSpot directly, and then whoever the partner is is going to make a 20% commission on that. Gotcha. And then if they were to switch to another agency, would that 20% go to the new agency? Um, It shouldn't. Uh, HubSpot has shifted up how they do this a couple of times. Um, And it doesn't right now. Uh, I don't believe that it's going to. I think it continues with uh, with the agency who sold that um, partner for the length of their HubSpot subscription. Okay, cool. And have you found that there's particular kinds of companies that are really good HubSpot fits and some that just aren't? I think, um, I, I really think the biggest thing at this point in time, obviously there's a couple industries where we uh, kind of focus on, but I think it's much less about industry or company size, although I think I think some of those things can be indicators. But I think all that matters a lot less than just the culture of the company. So if, uh, if you are working at a company where you care about your potential customers and are willing to answer their questions and want to be helpful to them during the sales process, and I mean, really it comes down to teaching and, and communication, just willingness to mm-hmm. educate people and help them find out the truth for themselves. I think that you can be a great fit. I think uh, just answering the questions that your audience is asking and and being tuned in enough to know what those questions are, I think that that positions you pretty well to be able to to have a lot of success with HubSpot. Okay, cool. Are there any downsides that you see for for using HubSpot as an agency that is? Yeah, I think as an I mean, obviously there's the cost. That's the one that, that people are looking at right away, but I think the type of the type of customer that you want defining who your audience is and understanding their needs kind of has to come first because even if even if you want to provide inbound marketing services the tool is always going to matter less like if you, if you're really committed to executing and doing something well you can do it regardless of the tool hubspot makes it really easy for the people who are going to go who are going to be pretty serious about it and are willing to invest some money um, i don't think there's a better tool out there and there's a reason that we're partnered with hubspot that said, if your target customer is a small nonprofit organization whose average monthly budget is $500, obviously they're not going to be a good fit for HubSpot because they're not even going to pay their HubSpot subscription, much less have anything to pay you as an agency. Cool. Cool. That's great. That's a great overview. I feel like I understand it much better now. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Good. I know there's a lot of uh, intricacies and obviously with, especially with so many tools under the HubSpot uh, platform, I think it, it can get really confusing really quickly. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about building a strong culture at a remote agency. Guava Box has been, if I'm correct, both an in-person agency and a remote agency at various periods. Um, and you sort of settled on remote for now? Yeah, that's right. The first couple of years, we were uh, largely remote. We were Back and forth, there were periods of time where two of us were in the same area and one of us was somewhere else. Um, and a lot of this just had to do with life situations at the time. So Andrew uh, got married pretty quickly after graduation. When, when we first graduated from college, I went full-time right away into Guava Box, uh, but none of the other guys went full-time for the first nine months or so. And then Andrew came on full-time, and Brandon was, was two years behind us in college, so he came on full-time. Uh, after graduation and eventually left the company. So so we were kind of back and forth. We In 2013, we committed to going in person for about a year. We did that. It was great. But I, I guess we've always had this 
um, desire and, and just working it out was challenging, but always had the desire to let kind of build, although we want to build a scalable business in a successful business, balancing that with the fact that hopefully the lifestyle comes first and balancing, um, just kind of balancing the values that we have there of family matters and uh, relationships matter. So um, so we've now committed to going fully remote. Uh, Andrew, my co-founder and, uh, and business partner, he and his family are in central PA. My family's up here in western PA. We're about four hours apart. Uh, Ryan, who I mentioned earlier, is down in Pittsburgh, so he's about an hour from me, three hours from Andrew, um, and, and the rest of the team is kind of spread out as well. So we uh, we still get together in person relatively frequently, but we have kind of gone all the way to, to being remote now and committed to, okay, we're going we're gonna to let people live where they want to live and uh, figure out how to make that work. Nice. Do you find that one is more effective than the other, the other that you like? being remote more than you like being in person or is that even you know a consideration uh it's definitely a consideration it's this is such a hard question to answer i don't think there's like a right or wrong way ultimately to do things i think that we have a have a tendency to be more productive actually when we're remote um there's fewer distractions but but a trade-off is that it can be really hard to have just kind of the uh like casual brainstorming or constant new ideas um, of when people are together and, and rubbing shoulders every day where there's, you know, you're just walking into the office together, or eating lunch together. So that, that can be challenging to replicate. It's helpful to have the days that we have in person. And obviously, I mean, uh, a big, uh, you can be as effective and efficient as you want to be, but if it's not fun, I think that getting in person is a lot like we all really enjoy. We're all really good friends. So I think that I think that that's another challenge of being remote is making sure that you do get together in person and, and try and have times that aren't just working times to be able to continue to build those relationships. Um, cause that's a, that's an important part of, uh, the people who you work with. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like you guys have the advantage of sort of those relationships to begin with. It's not like you guys met online, started working online and have never met in person. Is, is that true of your other, the other people you work with? Do are there any remote workers that you've never actually met face to face? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So most of the folks who we work with, we've, we've, uh, at least met in person, if not had a, had a preexisting, uh, relationship with one of the, um, one of the core guava box guys was a former uh, customer of ours um, who came on board. Um, but we do have, especially on the do inbound side, we've got uh, two developers who are, uh, one is in Ukraine, one is in Poland right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. both of those we've never met. Um, so I think that the offshore challenges that obviously introduces some other, uh, some other challenges there as well. But um but yeah, for the most part, everyone in the states we've met face to face. But obviously, those two we we haven't met in person. So, how do you sort of main? How would you say that you maintain culture when you're when you're running a mostly remote agency? That's a good question. I think. Well, first, I guess I'd say culture. Like culture always exists. It's not something that like is there or isn't there. But obviously, the type of culture that you build is that's a big deal. I think some of the important things that we do are one is uh, compared to when we were in person, we have, uh, you know, we used Slack, we used HipChat before Slack and, and Slack, which I think most agencies uh, have definitely heard of, if not using and using very right. avidly right now. 
Um, but becoming more of a written culture is definitely a thing. So rather than just having one-to-one phone calls or meetings, I think that writing down as much stuff as possible to try and make sure that everyone stays in the loop and people aren't left out is a big deal for trying to uh, to have a strong remote culture, uh, you know, a high level of transparency about what's going on and what's happening. We are using a framework to kind of base our operations on uh, called the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And so a part of that is we have a, a weekly team meeting. Most people, I think, whether they're EOS or not, are running some kind of weekly team meeting. Um, but a weekly team video call with a, with a strong agenda where everyone kind of, that's kind of more of the work meeting. And then in addition to that, a lot of, um, you know, we've got other weekly meetings as well, the development team meets, uh, feature planning meetings, um, a bunch of different meetings that are happening with a bunch of team members, but also having um, kind of daily stand-ups inside of Slack and uh, and quick video meetings here and there just so everyone can kind of get together and catch up on life, any projects that are going on, anything that's stressful or going well. So I think that's that's all part of it is using the, the technology that we have uh, both in Slack and then tools like appear.in for video calls to try and just communicate as much as possible. Cool. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about do inbound. Um, can you explain what do inbound is? Um, yeah, kind of where it was born out of was as we were growing Guava Box, starting to sell these inbound marketing game plans and bringing on more clients and bringing on more people onto the Guava Box team to help execute all this work. We just really struggled with the consistency of the deliverables that we were putting out. So when one person would publish a blog post, it might be like if I was to write a blog post, it'd probably be 900 words and written one way. And if someone else on the team was writing it, it might be 300 words and written with a completely different tone. Obviously, if that's happening for the same client, uh, we were getting, you know, anytime you have uh, differences in deliverables, you have differences in results. Um, as well. And so we were kind of struggling through inconsistencies there um, and a bunch of other, I think, just common project management and uh, scaling issues that agencies run into. And we bounced around different project management softwares like Basecamp and Teamwork and Asana, um, Mavenlink, Podio, just so many different softwares. And nothing ever kind of fit the way that we were trying to run our agency where we had these ongoing campaigns and every campaign over the course of three months we had all these deliverables for and every deliverable had a series of tasks and all the tasks that needed to get done by each each person there was like a step-by-step process that should be followed but we either had that process and it wasn't followed or we just didn't have that process mm-hmm. so i say all that just to outline like that was the pain that we felt and we shifted tools to continue to try and find the solution we finally got to the point where we were just like we need to try and build this ourselves. Um, we talked to enough other people. We went to HubSpot has an annual conference called Inbound. We went to that for the first time in, in 2013 and talked to so many other agencies who said they had the same pain. We were like, we just someone needs to step up and build this. So we started building it in 2013. And so Do Inbound is basically that. It's a project and process management tool built specifically for inbound marketing agencies by an agency, and, and obviously we work with a lot of agencies um, as customers that do inbound and get their feedback, but but there's also that, like, we still have Guava Box going on that kind of guides our product development as well, our own experience there, and then discussing that pain that we're feeling with our customers and potential customers to figure out what to build. Cool. That's awesome. How did, how did you manage sort of to, to- 
to do both at the same time, build that product and and run an agency. Yeah, a lot of work, but even it doesn't matter how many hours you're putting in. Uh, there's definitely going to be compromises there. So we um, another friend from college uh, came on uh, in 2013, and he was our basically our chief software engineer. Co-founded Do Inbound with us, and uh, and started building out the platform. So we we really were spending still the the vast majority of our time on GuavaBox and then mapping out Do Inbound, uh, planning out the product itself, and mapping out that whole tool in the evenings and weekends and and obviously during the day some as well and then november of 2013 we started selling it to agencies and then you know the bright side is that that people really liked it and bought into the idea and started jumping on board and the downside was then there was customer support that needed to happen and more sales (laughs) and (laughs) all the things that that needed to grow so um adding people to the team i think balancing what we're doing we've definitely said no we've cut We've actually cut quite a few clients on the GuavaBox side, especially retainer clients. We've cut down there to try and have time to balance. And obviously, we've cut some people on the GuavaBox side. We've adjusted our growth goals there. Um, we've also brought on more people, uh, both on the GuavaBox side, to free up to free up time for folks who need to be involved on the Do Inbound side, and and added people on the Do Inbound side as well. So. I think just a lot of uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of compromises there between the two and trying to figure out how to how to make it all work. On top of all of this, you also have four podcasts for Do Inbound. Um, coming from a fellow podcaster, that seems crazy because this one takes about all the time I have left over from <laughs> uh, working at my agency. Um, how, how do you, how do you manage that? Are they all pretty regularly scheduled podcasts? Yeah, so they're all supposed to be weekly. The one we've been, well, that we've really been pretty consistent. Inbound Agency Journey has been every, every, it's come out every Monday for the last 60 some weeks since we kicked it off. That one, uh, I co-host that one with Andrew, my partner. And basically, uh, so we've got, just to lay out the podcast, we have that one. We've got uh, the Inbound Sales Journey where Mm -hmm. Ryan and I talk about uh, how to build a a sales system for your agency and how to handle objections that come up during the process and hiring salespeople, all kinds of sales-related questions. Um, we've got the Happy Client Show, which Andrew and another guy from the team, Ben, host. Uh, ben is was our uh, head of project management over on the uh, Guava Box side for quite a while and um, has just done a ton of account management. So they do a lot of how do you make sure that your clients stay happy um, in that podcast. And then the fourth one, which is sadly the least consistent, um, is Agency Toolbox. And that's kind of a weekly, here are all the tools that we learned how to use and ways that we found to use it at, at uh, Guava Box. And so that goes out, should go out every week as well. Wow. The biggest key to, to actually producing those is um, batch days. And so we uh, have found batching things all together and trying to crank them out at, at one period of time or, um, you know, over the course of a couple of days has just really helped us to be uh, efficient and get the most out of our time. So rather than doing, um, like with Inbound Agency Journey, rather than doing, even though it goes out weekly, rather than doing uh, an interview every single week and then all the show notes and um, everything else for that, 
we'll batch that. So we'll run a season at a time, which is a quarter, so 12 or 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. We'll send out uh, invitations to the guests, the guests who uh, want to come on the podcast. We'll say yes. They'll schedule their podcast interview. We'll try and we'll give them one or two or three dates as options, and we'll just basically line them up back to back to back. And so you might have a full day or at least a full afternoon, five or six hours worth of interviews back to back. But over the course of a day, typically, or two days between two of us, Andrew and I, um, we're not both sitting there on, on each interview. It's just one of us doing the interview. We'll be able to crank out a season's worth of interviews, and then we kind of do the same thing where we batch the editing and then the show note creation and then uh, scheduling the the posts to go out and social promotion and all that stuff. And so that's that whole kind of philosophy has helped us to be efficient enough to get that out on a pretty regular basis. Oh, that's cool. Do you use that sort of batch philosophy in other areas as well? It is. That's used a lot. That was actually kind of where that came from. One of the first places that we implemented that was at Guava Box uh, in our marketing first. This started in 2012. Every Wednesday morning for 8 to noon, you know, at that time we used blogging an awful lot. So we'd have a list of here's the three or four blog posts that you need to get written this morning. And we just crank that out and get those lined up. And it wasn't always blogging. Sometimes it was creating emails or working on website stuff. But uh, everybody just focused around the same thing with a clear set of expectations and what they were supposed to do. We pumped out an awful lot of content. And over the course of about nine months, went from a startup with very low traffic. At that point, we were, I don't know, probably 600 or 700 visitors a month to cracking the 15,000 visitors a month mark nine months later. And so that was kind of like the first, like, we knew that we were getting a lot done, and then seeing the results from that was just really validating. And uh, that was our first real hardcore batch experience. And then we kind of applied that to everything else, from systematizing our business to running finance and things like that. Cool. So that was content you were producing for your agency, not for your clients? Right, for ourselves. Yep. That's awesome. What do you think about podcasting as an agency? I mean, I you know I do it for Murmur Creative, um, our agency, and you know, the reason why I started doing a podcast wasn't so much so that we could get more clients for our business. So that would be a very nice benefit for me. It comes out of curiosity and learning how other agencies work and sort of, you know, building our authority. But do you think that that is, how valuable do you think podcasting is to an agency? I think it has the potential to be really valuable, but I think it really depends on, again, this is kind of like the classic caveat, but, um, Who's who is your audience and um, what? How do they like to consume content? So I think mm-hmm. doing it for the goal of learning. I mean, we've really benefited from inbound agency journey, getting to pick just like just like you've gotten to do, getting to pick a new agency owner's brain every week, or six agency owners in a day, yeah. um, and just just figuring out kind of how do they do things and digging into their processes and systems and the way they think. That's been really beneficial to us. Now, obviously, that's not on the agency side because it's run through Do Inbound, although it's it's funny that we have talked to a decent number of customers who, on the Guava Box side, who have listened to that, who have listened to those podcasts as well, which is interesting. But it's been really valuable on the Do Inbound sales side. So I think it, if, if, that's, if your audience listens to podcasts, and I think as podcasts just continue to grow, it's going to be harder and harder to find an audience where nobody listens to podcasts. Right. Um, I think it is. I mean, it's just such a, it's so much more personal than a blog post. 
And so we've had that experience an awful lot where you get on the phone with somebody and they're like, oh, I feel like I already know you. Like, I listen to your podcast every week. Yeah. And I know what's going on with you because it's so much more casual. You're able to throw in what's happening personally. Like, I know the baseball season just finished up for you. Like, my son plays baseball too. Any tips for him when he moves on to the high school level? It's like, well, I thought we were going to talk about do inbound today, but we can talk about baseball. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's way more personal. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot of upside to it, but it really does depend on the audience that you have. Cool. Well, um, thanks so much for joining me today. I'd like to ask you if you could provide three takeaways, advice for other creative agencies on their on their quest for growth and success. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much people should listen to my advice, but <laughs> we have. I mean, we have definitely made a lot of strides with Guava Box, and I think that three of the things that have stuck out in our journey that I would share with people is one: I think that the consistency in your own marketing. I talked to so many agency owners who just, they're on the roller coaster of up and down, like clients come and go in waves. And it's just really hard to scale a business when you're constantly doing the stair-step approach to growth rather than a little bit more of a flat trajectory. It's never going to be uh, a perfect scale. But, but I think that a lot of that can be assuaged by being consistent in doing your own marketing and managing the things that you're telling your clients to do you should be doing for yourself. So uh, producing great content uh, that can be used uh, to attract people in the first place, but can also be repurposed in the sales process or used in your sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, that's something that so many agencies struggle with, but almost, I mean, almost every single agency who we've had on Inbound Agency Journey who's really taken things to the next level has said one of the biggest turnaround points was either we we got serious about our own marketing and we committed to it in some format, or this was the point where I hired somebody in marketing. Uh, they took over, and three to six months later, like things just really started to take off, or you know whatever that time frame is. But it's it's kind of crazy how often that has come up. So that that would be takeaway number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is if you are planning on growing. Um, which most agencies who we talk to are having systems in place is really important. And everyone says that, and it's hard to understand exactly what that means. Um, but documentation, documenting how you do something, um, whether that's with quick little videos using QuickCast or ScreenFlow, or you keep it in Google Docs, or you use a tool like Do Inbound to manage your processes inside of the work that you have, having those laid out really uh, allows you to have confidence in bringing new people onto the team when you need them. And one of the biggest obstacles to agencies is, especially early on for so long, you think like, I I just need to get work and have enough work to do. And then all of a sudden you have it and you're like, now I need people to do the work. And, uh, and having that, the resources already created ahead of time is going to enable you to, um, to feel confident about bringing on new business and bringing on new people that, that you're going to have the, the documentation in place to help them be successful. I think that would be the second thing. And then just the last thing is through this all, business is fun, running an agency is fun, running a software company is fun. Um, there's a lot of challenges to it, but at the end of the day, it's not just a job. It's more It's more than a job, but at the end of the day, the relationships that you have and the people who you work with still matter more than the bottom line of the agency or landing that client or retaining that client, anything else. So I think doing the right thing by the people that you work with and the customers that you have, uh, 
aside from the fact that it's the right thing, I think it also benefits you in the long run. But even if it didn't benefit you, I think just the third kind of takeaway would just be don't forget that people really do matter most in the relationships that we build here. Uh, have the opportunity to last a long time and, and be some of your best friends and, uh, and allies down the road. And just approach your agency with a long-term view rather than a short-term, maximum, uh, immediate gratification mindset. Totally. Totally. I agree. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the Creative Agency Podcast. Um, I'll put links in the show notes to uh, Do Inbound and Guava Box, um, and everyone should check those out. And uh, if you have any questions about um, either of those things or HubSpot, I'm sure that uh, Gray won't mind if you reach out to him. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah, I'd love to love to hear from people. Uh, you can always track me down on Twitter. Uh, my handle on Twitter is sgraymckenzie, or just shoot me an email, gray, G-R-A-Y, at doinbound.com or at guavabox.com. Either one works. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. You've been listening to the Creative Agency Podcast with your host, Chris Bolton, who when he's not podcasting or being a dad, he's the Digital Strategy Director at Murmur Creative in Portland, Oregon. Be sure to visit us online at creativeagencypodcast.com. 